Welcome to the sermon podcast of Exodus Church, located in Belmont, North Carolina. For more information about our church and the many ways you can be involved, please go to our website at theexoduschurch.org or email us at info at theexoduschurch.org. Hey guys, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here at Exodus, and I'm so grateful that we can gather around God's Word today. Now, if you're a guest with us today, if you're not a part of our Exodus family, we want to say welcome. We're glad that you're joining in. And we also want to ask you to email us at info at theexoduschurch.org. We'll follow up with you uh, via email, and uh, we would love to help you get connected here. Now more than ever, we need to be connected. Now, Exodus, we know, we know that this is not what we envision the church gathered to be. But we do hope that this video, this resource, encourages you during this season of social distancing. So if you'll take your Bible and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4, that's where we're going to be today. We're in a series called Entrusted, which is a study of 2 Timothy. Now, 2 Timothy is a letter written by Paul to Timothy, who's the, church, who's the pastor of the church at Ephesus. And in our passage today, Paul is passing the baton to Timothy. Paul knows that the end of his life is near, the end of his ministry is near, and he wants to pass the baton to Timothy so that the mission and ministry of God's word continues. And so Paul gives Timothy a charge and gives us some guidance about preaching and preachers. And more importantly, Paul gives us some needed perspective on the reality of Jesus, that he is our righteous judge and a returning king. So let's read the passage today. I'll read God's word, I'll pray, and then we'll jump in. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Paul says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, be sober-minded. Always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Let's pray together. Father God, we come to you now uh, in lots of different places at lots of different times. We come to you to hear from your word. Holy Spirit, we know that you know every heart listening to this. You know every need. And we know that you are able to speak into our hearts so that we can have faith and courage in these difficult times. Jesus, we know that you are the righteous judge and the returning king. And so, Lord, would you speak to our hearts today? Would you give us a greater awareness of your goodness and your gospel? Would you capture our hearts today? And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Now, we're going to look at three things today in the passage. We're going to see Timothy's audience. We're going to see Timothy's assignment and Timothy's attitude. Let's start with Timothy's audience. Now, there are three parts to the audience. First, we see those who are listening. Now, Timothy is to preach the word. And we assume there are people in the church at Ephesus who are going to hear and listen to what Timothy has to say. 
And to that part of the audience, Paul tells Timothy, preach the word. Then the passage tells us about two other parts of Timothy's audience. Uh, The second part is those who will not listen. We see them in verses three and four. It says, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Notice, Paul says, the time is coming. Now, that's, that's not far in the future for Paul or for Timothy. Paul just wants Timothy to know, hey, this is going to happen. The time is coming, he says. Then he says, they won't endure sound teaching. Now, that word sound could be translated healthy. Paul says they won't endure it. They won't stand for it. He says they'll have itching ears. Now, that word itching ears refers to this idea that they'll want what is new rather than what is needed. And then they're going to create their own playlist. It says they're going to accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. In other words, they're going to listen to things they want to hear. They're going to accumulate their own list of people they can listen to to just tell them more of what they want to hear. And listen, it has never been easier to do that. The amount of preaching and teaching available to you on the internet at the touch of a button, it has never been more vast. All the more reason to make sure that we are receiving sound teaching, healthy teaching. And to those who won't listen, Paul tells Timothy, preach the word. Now, the third part of the audience is perhaps the most uh, encouraging to me, and that's in verse one. Paul says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. Paul wants Timothy to remember that when he is preaching the word, he is doing it to the one who is always listening. And Jesus here is described as a righteous judge. Paul wants Timothy to understand, Timothy, you will stand before Jesus for every word that you say. And Paul wants Timothy to remember he's also a returning king. Timothy, you will, you will one day see Jesus face to face and you will give an account for every word. Paul wants Timothy to understand that there is one who is always listening. And to the one who was always listening, Paul tells Timothy, preach the word. Now, since we started offering this video for you, people have asked me how I feel about preaching to a camera. And I just, I just want to say I'm not a fan. Like I would much rather you be filling this room today. And there are two things that have sustained me as we've been going through these last few weeks. First, I know that there are people that God has entrusted to our leadership who are listening. And, and I, I think of uh, Paul sitting in a prison cell writing even this letter to Timothy and the church at Ephesus, and that, that encourages me as I preach today. The second thing that encourages me is that the most important person I preach to week in and week out is very present right now with me. And Paul tells Timothy, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, preach the word. That's Timothy's audience. Then we see Timothy's assignment. Look at verse one. Paul says, I charge you. So he's not recruiting Timothy. He's not recommending to Timothy. He's not requesting of Timothy. He is charging Timothy. This is a solemn charge. 
Paul is, at the, is near the end of his life, near the end of his ministry. He says in verse 6, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. And this man who is at the end of his race is handing the baton to Timothy. And he says, I charge you, I charge you, Timothy. And he tells him then what to do. Timothy is to preach. Now, this word preach means to herald. It means to proclaim. And that preaching is to be done with a solemn awareness that Timothy will stand before God for every word. That the people Timothy is preaching to will stand before God either in the guilt of their sin or the grace of their Savior. And Paul tells Timothy, preach. And if a person doesn't have that kind of awareness, no matter how loud they scream, or how intense they seem, they are not preaching. Richard Baxter said it this way, I preached as never sure to preach again, as a dying man to dying men. Paul told Timothy, preach. And not only is he to preach, he's to preach the word in verse 2. Not his opinions, not his philosophies, not headlines or hot takes. He is to preach the word. And there's a reason he's to preach the word. And we find that in chapter 3, verse 15. Paul says, How from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through Christ Jesus. That's why we preach the word, Timothy. It's because the word can make us wise unto salvation. Now that assumes that we're not wise. And, And we know that apart from Christ, we're not. Apart from his word, we're not. We think either we don't need to be saved or maybe there's another way we can be saved or maybe there's a future date where it will become important. But God's word makes us wise unto salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. It reminds us that we need Christ Jesus. It reminds us that today is the day of salvation unto faith in Christ Jesus. Timothy, preach the word. It's what Paul tells this young man leading the church at Ephesus. Preach the word. And then he tells him how. Interesting, uh, he is to be full of grace and truth, but the passage reverses those. He says in verse 2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Then he says, preach with truth, uh, reprove, rebuke. Now, these two words speak of openly charging someone about their sin. So Timothy is to tell the truth. And then he's to also be full of grace. That's what that word exhort gets to. He says, exhort with complete patience and teaching. So not only is Timothy Timothy to preach the word in truth, he's to preach the word in grace. And so as he is confronting people about the reality of their sin, he's also to bring them the hope of God's grace, not just to forgive them of their sin, but to empower them to live the life God has called them to live. And then Timothy is to have complete patience and teaching. Timothy is to be patient about how it how others learn and how long it takes them to learn. Now, have, have you ever spent years, I mean years, investing in people? 
only to have them learn something from someone else. I, I know as a pastor in ministry, I, I'll, I'll, I'll preach and teach and somebody will come up to me and they'll, they'll say something to me they read somewhere else that I've been saying to them for years. Or maybe as a parent, you, you pour into your child's life forever and then they finally hear what you've been saying from someone else and now it's gospel truth. We need to be patient with people as they learn. And if Jesus could spend three years with 12 men teaching them over and over about life in his kingdom and his coming death on the cross and they can get all that confused, maybe we should learn to be patient with ourselves as we teach and with others as they learn. So that's Timothy's assignment. Preach the word. Be full of truth and grace and be patient. Now, finally, we get to Timothy's attitude, and that's in verse five. Paul writes, Timothy, as for you, always be sober-minded. That word means level-headed. It means when the world is spinning around you, Timothy, you keep your head. You be sober-minded. Endure suffering. When things are hard, Timothy, endure it. Do the work of an evangelist. Now, this is different than the preaching of the gospel. This is the sharing of the gospel in a relationship. This isn't Timothy heralding God's truth. This is Timothy handing God's truth to an individual. Do the work of an evangelist, Timothy. And then he says, fulfill your ministry. Not somebody else's, yours. And for Paul to say this to Timothy as he is handing him the baton means a great deal. Now, we all need verse 5 today. We all need verse 5. Whether we are preaching or parenting, whether we're in administration or in pediatrics, we need this verse. We need to be sober-minded because the world is spinning around us right now, and we need to be level-headed. We need to keep our head in the midst of all this. We need to endure suffering. Perhaps even as the days get more difficult, we need to endure suffering. We need to do the work of an evangelist. Uh, you and I are walking through this these days with hope if we have faith in Jesus Christ. There are thousands of people around us who do not have that hope. And so we need to do the work of an evangelist and we need to fulfill our ministry. We need to do what God has called us to do. Paul engages Timothy's audience his assignment, and his attitude. And we need to follow what verse 5 calls us to do. Now, how do we apply all this? Well, I have two things. First, what are you listening to? What are you listening to? Now, Paul, Paul warns Timothy that there will be people who don't want to listen to sound teaching from God's word. Uh, they'll, they'll want what's new rather than what's needed. They'll want to create their own playlist rather than receiving from God's word. They'll wander away from truth into myth. And remember, this is written as an open letter. So when Timothy received it, he would have stood before the people of the church there and read it out. And you can almost feel verses three and four being a warning to the people, asking them, what, what are you, what's your heart listening to? Are you listening to the truth of God's word preached or are you listening to what you want to hear? 
And it creates an important question for us today. What are you listening to? Now, there's so much information coming at us right now. And it's important for us to be informed, but here are some important questions. Are you spending time in God's Word? Are you spending time listening to what God says in His Word? Are you spending time contemplating what God's Word says because God's Word is profitable? It helps us, and it helps us help others. So are you, are you listening to God's word? Perhaps another question, are you creating space for you to be quiet, for you to sit in silence and, and listen to what God's word is saying to you through prayer and through the, through the spirit of God? Now, I know, listen, our, our homes are full and, and our lives are different and, and it can be hard to create that kind of space. And even when you do create it, your heart can just be spinning like a top. But we need to listen to God's word. We need to create space to hear from God's word because it is, it is the only thing that will see us through these earthly days and into eternal days. And so what are you listening to? What are you listening to? Finally, a very important question. Are you ready? Are you ready? Now, Paul reminds Timothy that he is preaching in the presence of Jesus to those who will one day stand in the presence of Jesus. And and Paul highlights two things about Jesus in this passage that we need to know and understand. First, Paul tells us that Jesus is the righteous judge, that he is the judge of the living and the dead. Now, now we don't like to think about Jesus that way, do we? We don't like to think about Jesus as a judge because anyone judging us causes us to feel guilty, and, and, and we don't like to feel guilty. That gets in the way of what we want to be doing and feeling. But we feel guilty, listen, because we are guilty. We are guilty. You see, the Bible says we've sinned against God. Rather than listening to God's word, we've rejected God's word to hear what we wanted to hear. Rather than, uh, than, than enduring suffering, we've reacted toward God in anger. We've sinned against God. We've sinned against one another. Rather than being sober-minded and keeping our head, we've, we've reacted in the, mo- in the moment of anxiety. We've rebuked without exhorting. We've we've sinned against God. We've sinned against one another. And so we feel guilty because we are guilty. And we will stand before Jesus, the righteous judge, guilty apart from Jesus Christ. But God has made a way for us to stand before the righteous judge, not in the guilt of our sin but in the grace of our Savior. You see, God loved us so much that the righteous judge himself, the guiltless one, laid down his life on a cross, taking God's wrath for our sin onto himself, paying our debt, satisfying God's wrath so that we could stand before the righteous judge, not in the guilt of our sin, but in the grace of our Savior. And that grace is available to anyone who will place all their hope in him, surrender all their life to him, 
we can be forgiven, our sins forgiven, our shame removed, and we can stand before the righteous judge, forgiven, free, accepted, loved, because the righteous judge himself died on a cross and rose from the grave and will, by faith, radically change our hearts if we hope in him so that we might stand before our righteous judge, not in the guilt of our sin, but in the grace of our Savior. So are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to stand before Jesus as your righteous judge? Listen, we have never been more aware of the reality of how quickly things can change. Just a couple of weeks ago, just a couple of weeks ago, we experienced the, the, everything shutting down. No, no one, no one the day before thought that was going to be their last day of school, their last day of their senior year, their last day of college, their last day to play a sport that they've played their whole life. No one thought that. No one. And that last day came in a moment. And what we need to know and understand is our last day could come in a moment without any warning. And we need to be ready to stand before Jesus, our righteous judge. And we will stand either in the guilt of our sin or the grace of our Savior. And we want you to be ready. We want you, we want you to be ready to stand before him by faith, trusting his grace to forgive you. Are you ready? Listen, if you're watching this and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to, we, we would love, we would love to talk to you about this Jesus who died in our place, who stands as our righteous judge and also as our advocate, who died on the cross so that we could belong to him. We'd love to talk to you about him. Are you ready? Are you ready? Now, Jesus is the righteous judge. He's also the returning king. Paul reminds Timothy that Jesus is coming back and he's bringing his kingdom. And he will rule and he will reign forever. And all who have hoped in him, they will be his people and he will be our God and he's coming back. And listen, on days like this, when we long together again as God's people, and on days like this, when we long for the end of sickness, disease, and death, and on days like this, when we long for the end, the end of this season of social distancing and the anxiety that just feels like it's just lingering underneath the surface, when we long for the end of these things, what we are longing for in these moments is not simply a return to normal. What we're longing for is the return of the king. And he's coming back. He's coming back. And look at what we get when he comes. Look at verse 8. Paul writes this, Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me. Paul says, but to all who have loved his appearing. Are you ready? 
Are you ready for the return of the king? Are you ready for him to place that crown of righteousness on your head? Not one you've earned, but one that's been given to you because the righteous judge died in your place. Are you ready for the king to return? Are you ready? And he's not just coming back to give us a crown of righteousness. He's coming back to rule and to reign and to establish his kingdom and a new heaven and a new earth forever. And this is what we read in the book of Revelation about this kingdom. It says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. And they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And then it says, and he who was seated on the throne says, behold, I'm making all things new. Then he says, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. He's coming back as a righteous judge and a returning king. Are you ready? Are you ready to meet him? Are you longing? Are you longing for his appearing? He's coming back. And through faith in this one who's returning, we can be ready. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you that you make all things new. Thank you that these words are trustworthy and true, that there will be a day when things are made right. There will be a day when we dwell with you and you dwell with us. There will be a day when we see Jesus face to face. Lord, we say, come, Lord Jesus. Come, come. And I pray for my friends who are listening to this, who are not yet ready, who have not, who have not yet placed all their hope in Jesus and surrendered all their life to Jesus. Lord, we pray that right now that your spirit would just invade their hearts and grant faith to them that they might believe. Lord, we pray that they would be ready. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. We pray that they might be ready. And Jesus, we, we beg you to come quickly. Come quickly. And we pray this in the name of the righteous judge and the returning king. Amen.